0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Uh, so you guys can uh, find a seat this morning. And uh, man, welcome, welcome to Renew Church. I'm so glad that you guys are here. If you're new as Pastor Mikey or uh and mikey said um i just declared that man i mean you are the new youth pastor stand up again so everybody could see you uh mikey we're so proud of you we're excited about what god's doing what he's gonna do in and through you man um you could sit back down uh, but but definitely definitely like I'm 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 excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about what God is going to do in and in through us. We've been in this series for the last four weeks. Uh, this is the the uh, fourth week of this series. This is us where we've been talking about our core values, what we are, what we're about. Just you know, what Renew Church believes, right? So we started with talking about pursuing the next generation and stood with a a load of young people right up in front here. And we said, man, we're believing God to do something uh, in our next generation with our youth. And I'm committed to finding that youth leader. And then Mikey shows up a couple weeks later and says, I'm committed with you and I'm going to help you make that happen. So I'm excited about that. We talked about um, we heart our city and we talked about what it means to love our city and to love the least of these and and, uh, man, it's going to be a great week next week as we go and uh, reach the homeless and minister to them. And I'm asking you guys to really consider joining me next Saturday afternoon, 1030 in the morning, actually, next Saturday morning as we go downtown and minister to the homeless. It's going to be great. I see my brother Felix is back there again from Miami Ministry and uh, his brother. So it's going to be a great time with those guys as we partner together. We talked a little bit about um, a commission That we are on a commission, that it's all of us together, the parts of the body. We're the body of Christ, and all of us have a part to play. All of us have a role to play. You can't say because you're the ear, I'm not the mouth. uh, You don't need me, or I'm not needed. No, every single one of you is needed. We're all needed. We're all important. And if we're not all together, if we're all not one unit, then we become, uh, like I was talking about and using the example of our band, very talented individuals. But we don't need a talented individuals. We need a worship team. We need a group of people that are gathered together as one unit to worship God and to bring people to the throne of grace. It's going to be a, a great day today. This is the fourth week as we talk about our uh, another core value, which is that we plant churches. And uh, instead of me bringing the message this morning, I'm inviting a friend of mine. Uh, Mr. Pastor Jesse Carbo. He is uh, the director for City to City Miami, which is a church planting uh, ministry and organization, and and I'm a part of that, and I'm honored to be a part of that, and and he's pouring into us and investing into us, and it's kind of a network of other like-minded pastors, planters, people that are in this mission to reach this city together, because how many of you know we're not competing against each other, amen? We're not competing against each other, Amen? Like literally, we are the, the the Church of Jesus Christ gathered together um, in different locations around the city. Pastor Jesse is with Crossbridge Bridge Church. Um, we're Renew Church, and and no matter whether it's the Baptist Church or the Presbyterian Church or the Pentecostal Church, together we are better. Amen. So we are we're doing this and uh, we're talking about it. My heart is is that uh, God has called Renew Church to plant multiple churches. That we are we have a a, a church planting vision to plant churches that plant churches and, and if you want to hear this I don't know if you've heard this if you've never been to starting point you don't know it that's why you ought to go to starting point but we have a vision of seven churches in the next 14 years seven churches so that doesn't mean that I have to work seven times as hard that's impossible I can't work any harder than I'm working uh, well maybe a little bit but I can't work seven times as hard as I'm working but I have to duplicate myself we have to have a vision of multiplication and so I'm believing God's gonna do that in and through Renew Church and uh, I've asked Pastor Jesse to come up. So would you give him a round of applause as he brings the word this morning.
1: Well, I really am grateful to be here with you all this morning. It has been um, it's been exciting to see what God is doing here at Renew Church as I've followed your journey online, as I've met with Pastor Trevor a couple of times and just heard all the exciting things that are taking place. It's great. It's really, really great. Sorry, I'm a little blind, so I'm going to put my glasses on so I can follow along in my notes. So, Pastor Trevor, thank you for having me, for, coming to, for being able to come and share with you guys this morning. And uh, we, we are going to talk about this topic of church planting. Um, and as Pastor Trevor was just saying, it's one of your values I mean, you guys are literally doing it right now. You are literally planting a church right here in this community. Now, I've been around church planting my whole life. When I was growing up here in Miami, uh, my dad was a church planner. He would lead people to Jesus. He would then start Bible studies, and then all of a sudden we would have this church. And my dad never really set out to be a church planner. My dad actually is an evangelist at heart, and he'd start seeing all these people come to Christ, and churches would just get started. And then after about 15 or so years of my wife and I serving in student ministry, we sensed a call from God to step out and to, to start a church as well. And so since then, we've been able to be a part of three church plants, two in Miami, one in Orlando. And this really is at the heart of what I think God is calling every single believer to be about. Now, we all have a different part to play, we all have something different to contribute, but it, My hope this morning is that I'm going to be able to make a case for church planting by answering two questions for you this morning. The first we're going to look at is, what is church planting? And under this idea of what is church planting, or or, I'm sorry, what is the church, I'm going to talk about the essence of the church and the mission of the church. And then I want to talk about why. Why plant the church? And we're going to talk about creation and calling and how creation impacts this idea of why we should plant churches and how our calling, both general and specific, inform this idea of why we should plant the church. And so before we do that, uh, we are going to read this morning from, from 1 Peter chapter 2. So I want to invite you in your Bible app, or if you have a Bible with you, open up to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read from this passage this morning, but as you're doing that, uh, just join me as we just pray a little bit more here this morning. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you with open arms, open hearts, open minds. Lord, what we need is for you to speak to us this morning. Lord, I I need for you to speak through me this morning. And so, Lord, as I've prepared, as I've sought your spirit as to what it is that needs to be shared here this morning, Lord, I pray that your will be done. And I pray that you would help us to understand what it means to be the family of God in every single dark corner of our city, so that the light of your kingdom can break in, and that those around us in our community would know and come to understand your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 4, and we're going to read through verse 10. So in verse 4 it says, As you come to him, the living stone, which is Jesus, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you... But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I want to tell you that this same idea a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We see this in Exodus chapter 19. I think it's important for you to understand that this is a theme throughout the entire scripture of what God is doing. And so this morning we're going to look at what is the church and why plant churches. So let's talk about what is the church. So it's important that if we're going to talk about what is the church, I want to share with you the essence of the church and the mission of the church. So the essence of the church. Now what do you think of when you think of the word church? When we talk about church, we say church, I'm going to church. Hey, look at that church. Traditionally, clearly, we think about buildings. Traditionally, we assume that it's a building or it's, it's, it's this event that we come to on Sunday mornings or some churches have their events on Saturday nights or Saturday mornings. Traditionally, we think of buildings or maybe if we take a, a cue from culture, Maybe it's that popular hit song, Take Me to Church. Anybody? Anybody know that song? (laughs) It's okay. I I know that song, and I'm a Christian. It's okay. Or how about the most recent phenomena that's taking place with Kanye West, right? Kanye West is now having church. He's having these Sunday gatherings. He's having these worship services, right? Right? Maybe it's the cultural reference when you think of church. But the word church in the Greek is ekklesia. It means called out assembly. Called out assembly. And this could clearly have a lot of different applications. It doesn't just have to apply to a body of Christians, a group of believers. It can mean a lot of different things. But the idea of ekklesia in the Greek is a called out assembly. And the church has a couple of different expressions I like to use the word glocal. The church is glocal. It is both global and local. Today, Today, as you're sitting here together in the community of Christ, in the community of believers as a local church, there are other local churches around the world, and we are part of that church. Just as Pastor Trevor was saying a second ago, the Pentecostal churches, the Nazarene churches, the Baptist churches, the non-denominational churches, we are all part of God's global church. But today you're here worshiping, learning, fellowshipping together in his local, in his local church. Now, one thing I want to be clear about is that the church is not, the church is not an institution. I know we've made the church an institution. We've treated the church sometimes like an institution, but the church is not our rules and our bylaws. The church is not our 501c3 nonprofit status with the IRS. Now, those things are important. Those things matter. Those things help us to steward. I, that's actually just called good leadership. But that is not, in the essence, the church. And when you look at this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 5, it says, Living stones. You also like living stones. Here's what that means. You were once dead stones. And now you are living stones. Verse 9 says, a chosen people. You were once not chosen, and now you are chosen. Verse 10 says, the people of God who have received mercy. You once did not know what it was like to have God's mercy, and now you know what it's like to have God's mercy. This is the essence of the church. If you're a living stone, if you're God's chosen people, if you have received God's mercy, this is the essence of the church. It makes me think about as a kid when I was growing up, especially in elementary school, I really, 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 really loved to play kickball. Anybody like to play kickball? I, I kind of still like to play kickball, although I'm probably not very fast. But, but I also was kind of the last kid picked, sometimes not even picked at all. And that's no fun, right? Nobody, nobody likes to be the last kid picked. On the kickball team, nobody likes to not be picked. Everybody hopes that they would be picked. Everybody hopes that they, but the reason I probably wasn't picked right away is because the truth is I wasn't very good, right? I was kind of the slower kid on the team. I was kind of like maybe I would hit the ball a little bit, but I wouldn't hit those home runs. The kid that was super athletic is the kid who always got picked, and we all know what it is like to not be very good at something, to not qualify, to not meet the standard, to not be chosen. But this is what God does. God chooses us. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he not only forgave us of our sins, but he gave to us his righteousness. And what that means is you now have God's, you now have Jesus' kickball abilities. You now have the ability to be chosen first to be a part of this great team to be a part of this great community. This is the essence this is the essence of the church, the mission of the church. Let's talk about the mission of the church. Well, it's important that when we talk about the mission of the church that we talk about the mission of God. We cannot understand the mission of the church unless we look to the creator of the church which is God and we look at his mission. Have you ever stopped to think about what is God's purpose? What does God exist for? I mean, we're always reading stuff about our purpose, our identity, our mission, our value, our significance. But what is God's mission? What does he exist for? Well, Mark chapter 1, verse 15 says this. Jesus preached, and here's what he preached, the good news of God. And what was the good news of God? That the kingdom of God is near. That the kingdom of God is near. God's mission is to build a community, a kingdom unto himself. I mean, we see this in creation. Why did God create the animals in the earth and the garden and Adam and Eve? Why did he do that? Because he wanted a family unto himself. He wanted a kingdom unto himself. He wanted a community unto himself. This is God's mission. And so for us to understand the mission of the church, we have to understand it in light of the mission of God. God is seeking out you and I and people in this world to be a part of his family. And so the mission of the church involves two movements. Jesus, who was sent by God to pursue us, He now sends us out to the ends of the earth. And as we go everywhere, we create communities of light that draw people in. Listen to what Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So when the church, so by the way, the church was not actually, the the church has not actually existed forever. The church actually started in Acts, the book of Acts. When you read the story of the Bible, the church did not exist in the Old Testament. The people of God were the Israelites. And then in the book of Acts, we see... That the church was born. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus commissions the family, he commissions this community of believers, and he says, You're going to go. With this good news of God, just like I've gone with this good news of God, proclaiming that the kingdom is near, you are going to now go to every corner of the world. You're going to start at home, Jerusalem. You're going to go to your neighbor's, Judea. You're going to go to your neighbor's neighbor, Samaria. And then you're going go to go the, to the neighboring countries. You know, as, as I was growing up in the church, I didn't really meet a lot of church planters, but I sure did meet a lot of missionaries. And for a while, I thought that's my, maybe what God was calling me to do was to be a missionary. Maybe I was going to go to Africa, or maybe I was going to go to Haiti, or maybe I was going to go to South America. I didn't really know, but until I realized that God is, was actually calling me and you and all believers to be missionaries right where we are. And sometimes he takes us beyond right where we are. He takes us to our neighbors. And sometimes he takes us to our neighbor's neighbor. And sometimes he takes us to the neighboring cities and neighboring countries. But we see here is that as the church has started, there's this, there's this command that we're to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Tim Chester, who's actually the president of Acts 29, which is one of the largest church planning organizations in the world, he says this. He says, the church should be at the heart of mission. And that happens naturally and inevitably by church planting. The essence of the church is those of us who have received God's mercy. The mission of the church is that we would go and share God's mercy with everyone. This is what it means. So why church plant? Why church plant? Let's talk about creation and calling. Why church plant? Creation. Well, The DNA of church planning is seen in the created order. I mean, before the church was even born in the book of Acts, before we see the Holy Spirit starting the church, we see that in Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth. So when God created the earth and God created Adam and Eve, he gave Adam and Eve a mission. He gave them a command. He gave them a job description And their job description was to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. Multiplication was at the heart, is in the DNA of God's job description for every single human being. But then we see that God takes this even further with the Israelites in Genesis chapter 26 He says to the Israelites, I want to see, he says, if you follow me, if you obey me, I'm going to see your descendants multiplied, and through your nation, other nations will be blessed. And then we see in the book of Acts how God uses the newly formed church to multiply. One thing to understand is that when church planting happened in the New Testament, when we read the story of church planting in the New Testament, it wasn't traumatic, it wasn't unnatural, it wasn't a forced thing. It was a natural part of who they were. I mean, here's what the normal ministry of Paul looked like. It had three phases, and you can find this in Acts chapter 14. Paul's ministry looked like this in every city he ever went to, he evangelized, he built community, and he did leadership development. Here's what I mean Acts chapter 14, verse 21, he gospeled the city, he went around preaching the gospel everywhere. Then in verse 22, he came along and he built the people up in their faith. Parakaleo is the word there. He built them up in their faith. And then in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, he gave over the leadership to qualified men and women. He gave them over to leaders in the city so they could lead the church. And he moved on to continue to plant the church and gospel other cities. This was a normal process for Paul, the great missionary, as he went from city to city. It wasn't unnatural. This is, this is who we are. Number three, church planting was a clear part of the DNA of the church, just like prayer, worship, Bible study. So we come here on Sundays, and we pray, and we sing, and we listen to sermons, and we all know that this is a natural part of what we do at church. But so is church planting. So is church planting. So is bringing the good news of what God has done for us through Jesus to every dark corner of our city. And so if you get anything, I want you to get this this morning. Multiplication is at the heart of church planting. Why? Because it is at the heart of God. Multiplication is at the heart of church planting because it's at the heart of God. Let's talk about calling. There's two types of calling. There's general calling and there's specific calling. Well, all throughout the narrative of the Bible, it's clear that God's desire is to gather a people for himself. And we see these steps in the Bible. The gospel's preached, people receive God's grace, and then the church goes out and lives on mission. This is a rhythm that we see all throughout the Bible. Whether it's with the Israelites or with the church in the New Testament, we see God, the gospel goes out, the good news is preached, people receive God's grace, and people live on mission for the sake of others. And it's important that we understand something that God is the first missionary. God has always been the first missionary. When God calls us to be, to be missionaries, when God calls us to be on mission, he is not saying, while I sit on my throne and watch you. No, he is already on mission ahead of you. How do I know this? Because in Acts chapter 18, the great missionary Paul, he's very discouraged, and he feels like giving up, and he's about to go to Corinth, the city of Corinth, And Jesus appears to him and says to him, Paul, don't give up. Let me tell you why you shouldn't give up. Right, because it's one thing for someone to give you a pat on the back and be like, bro, keep going. Don't give up. You got this, right? And you're like, okay. But here's why God through Jesus tells Paul not to give up. He says, because I'm already there in Corinth. I already have a people that I've chosen unto myself People that don't know yet, but he says, but Paul, I'm sending you to go and to plant this church in Corinth, but I'm already there doing the work. Do you know that God is already doing the work in certain neighborhoods in our city, next door, across the city of Miami, in Broward County, Palm Beach County, all across the state of Florida, and he's looking for people like you and me that would go and join him in that work. This is what, this is what church planting is. Church planning is bringing the good news of God's grace to other people in other neighborhoods, in other cities. God is the first missionary. And then there's a specific calling. I want to say it like this, that everyone's invited, everyone participates, and everyone matters. Everyone is invited. Matthew 28 we know this is the Great Commission. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Everyone is invited on this mission to make disciples and to baptize them. Now, I want to I make a distinction. To make disciples means not to get people to follow you, but to come alongside people and help them to follow Jesus as you follow Jesus. But to baptize them means to invite them into the community of God. This is literally what baptism is about. Baptism is about joining the family of God. So we make disciples, hey, come and follow me as I follow Jesus. Let's follow Jesus together. But also, hey, let's get baptized because because when we're baptized, we're part of this great family of God that he's inviting everyone to be a part of. Everyone is invited to make disciples and to baptize others to bring others into the family of God. Everyone participates. Ephesians 4, I think, says this clearly, and, and this is really a charge to the leadership of your church. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I have a question for you: Do you want to experience the fullness of Christ? I do. I don't. When I go to lunch this afternoon, and I order whatever I'm going to order, like let's say I ordered a steak and rice and beans, right? That's like a typical meal for me, right? So if I go there and I order a steak, rice and beans, and and you know I know that that steak is supposed to be like a 10-ounce steak or a 12-ounce steak or whatever, and they bring me one ounce of it, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to say, you're missing nine ounces of that steak. Some of us are content to only have an ounce of Jesus when he's offering us 10 ounces. He's offering us the whole steak. But here's what that looks like. When everybody participates, see, your salvation is not just for you alone. It's for the community. God didn't just call you into a personal, and I know this is like a common thing in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We used to talk about a personal relationship with God. But here's the mistake in the sense that it isn't just a personal relationship with God. It's also a communal relationship with the family of God. So everyone is invited. And and the church has leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers so that we can equip you for the work of ministry. Why? So that we can just be here and attend here on Sunday? No, so that we can go out. So that we can go out and participate in the mission of God. And everyone matters. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered it, And God gave the growth. Everyone has a part to play, and every part you play matters. The greeter is not less important than the children's worker and vice versa. The preacher is not more important than the greeter. Everybody has a part to play. There are different types of churches. There's various models, but here's the reality. There's one message. There's one message. Some churches have great bands with cool lights. Some churches have nothing like that the message is the same the message is the same here's what it is we plant churches because the church is the called-out community to bring the light into the darkness to bring the light into the darkness it's just who we are even if it wasn't one of your values you aren't really the church unless you're doing this kind of work this is what the church does And this is why we plant churches, to bring light to the nations. The result is light in dark places. The darkness never comes to the light. Here's the reality. When you flip the switch in your bedroom when it's dark and you're walking home late at night and you flip that switch on, the darkness doesn't tell the light to come on. The light tells the darkness to go away. God, through Jesus, has brought light to every corner, and we're agents of that kingdom I wanted to summarize it all by just saying this, and here's this little paragraph, and we're going to pray. What does We Plant Churches mean? You ready? Listen to this. Listen. It should mean that you, as God's people, who were once in the dark, but now have experienced his wonderful light, are agents of his kingdom, bringing light, mercy, and love to every dark corner of this city. Let's not harbor the light here in this community. Let's plant God's light in every community throughout Miami that he might be glorified and we might be able to celebrate with our family, with our brothers and our sisters and experience the fullness of Christ like we're meant to experience. All of him, every part of him, that our joy may run full. Amen? Amen. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for that word, man. You guys, think about that. Have you you considered that? What if Book of Acts, Holy Spirit comes, you receive power, the Holy Spirit comes on you, be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. What if they stopped at Jerusalem? What if that was it? They didn't hear the rest of the message and they're like, ah, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So just put a church there and call it good and have have a great service on Sunday and whatever you want to do, just make it really, really powerful and, and it'll be good. And um, don't think about, you know, next generation. Don't think about 100 years from now. Don't think about 1,000 years from now. Don't think about Renew Church in Miami 2,000 years from now. We wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. If, if they weren't obedient to the call to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, they wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. So we have that same call. And it may feel like that's a long ways away. And I don't know, when Christ comes, he may come way sooner than that, but it doesn't matter. The point, it does matter. But I'm saying, the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make is, is we need to live and do everything we can, just like they did in that very first church, to spread that news, to share that gospel, to, to multiply and build churches and spread the gospel. Don't just focus on yourself. Don't just focus on us. Like we have been created strategically so that we would know how to do something that other churches that are established, that have the buildings and have the facilities and maybe have have a hundred years of this is all we know. Like that's hard to change that. That's hard to change that culture. But we have the culture. It's only 10 months old. But that culture that we have, like it's easier to replicate because we already know it but we have to live it and we have to desire it and we have to want to like spread that. Man, I I really believe that God has put us here for a reason. I really believe that God has called you here for a reason. Not just to come and receive, not just to be uh, you know, here in this building on Sunday mornings at 10.30, but for greater things, for a greater purpose. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I just believe God has a plan. We just have to be obedient to the plan. We just have to say, "Okay, Lord, I want to do Your will. I, I I want whatever You would have for me." Um, man, Jesse, I'm trying to think of the statistic, and and uh, it just like slipped my mind. Yeah, the closings. Come up here for a second and and share that piece with us because that's huge. You shared that with me at lunch the other day. Share that really quick because, first of all, tell us the good news, right? There's some good news about church planting that's happening, but then there's this bad news as well.
1: Yeah, there was a study done that in the United States, 4,000 churches are being planted. And that's exciting. Like, we could celebrate that 4,000 churches a year are being planted. But 3,700 churches are closing. And so that's a net gain of, what, 300? And, and, and here's, you know, we may say, well, that's, that's kind of good, Jesse. Like 300 churches, net gain? Why is that, a, why is that not a good thing? Well, he, here's where the rubber meets the road, is that more people are moving to the, to the United States at a rate faster than we're planting churches. And, and this is the challenge. It's the challenge for us in the church, right? Every, every church here in the United States to think about how do we bring light, how do we bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus to every city, every neighborhood around the United States. And so, yeah, 4,000 are being planted every year on average, but 3,700 are closing. Net, we, we really need it to be like net gain of 1,000 churches a year. And so there's work to be done. God is calling people to step out to step out in faith and to be a part of this kind of apostolic work to go out and start these communities throughout the throughout the neighborhoods. And so I think God's going to bring people to to you here in this community that's going to say Pastor Trevor, I want to be the next renewed church. A mile away, 2 miles away, 3 miles away, whatever your strategy is. But I, you know, and I didn't say this in the message because the piano started playing and I got nervous and I wanted to like wrap up the message But your name of the church is literally the call to plant churches, renew church. This is is the gospel, right? God takes old things and he makes them new. He takes dead things and he brings them to life. There are old and dead things, people, spiritually speaking, in neighborhoods all around you. We get to be the renewing church all throughout the city with the gospel of Jesus. That's where the power is, by the way. It's in the gospel. Yeah.
0: Praise God. Let, me, let me ask you one other thing. So so national statistics sometimes just kind of feel like national, and it's like, ah, it doesn't really matter. But you have your thumb on the pulse. Like, you know the pulse of Miami. Like, how are we doing it in Miami as far as church planting? Are we ahead? Are we behind? Like, is seven far-fetching? Is it too many? What do you think?
1: That's a great question. We're, do, we're working on a project right now to try to get the specific data so that I can give you one of those kind of numbers that says like, okay, this is how many church plants there are. This is how many churches there are. Here, but here's what I'll tell you. There are 41 geographical neighborhoods in Dade County. And there are geographical neighborhoods in Dade County that don't have gospel preaching churches like Renew. So is seven far-fetching? No. I would challenge you to say it's too little. And we need to think bigger. We need to think bigger. Because God can do it.
0: Amen. 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 Can I? Can, can you give this guy a round of applause? Thank you, brother. But that's going to take work. That's going to take commitment. That's going to take giving. That's going to take just being here and being supportive. That, that's going to take, you know, more than the, the, I don't know what the Christian, the, the I think the typical Christian, like church goer, it's like 2.1 times a month. That's the faithful attendance, and and we're right around that. Like that's we we have people and they come twice a month and they call it renew. That's their church. That's a church home. But it's gonna take more than that. It's gonna take owning this place. It's gonna take being committed to this place, and and uh, figuring out what it's gonna take to. Um, you know, help us grow locally so that then we can multiply and so that we can plant that next church. And then when that next church plants, like I have a vision of seeing in three years, planting another church, renew church, multiplying, sending some of our team, sending a leader and we planting that church. And then three years from then, so six years, five years from now, six, five and a half, uh, half years, uh, those two churches the the current one this one and another one doing it again so one becomes two two becomes four four becomes eight see what i mean see does that make sense every three years that's that's the idea behind that so um are we are we on track i don't know i guess we'll see what god does but i need you guys to be a part of this i want you guys to take ownership in this i want you guys to to join the renew crew go to the growth track go to starting point and say man i want to get behind this vision There's a guy, I was at this Next Level Conference this last week, and I know it's late. Come on up, worship team. There's a guy that uh, uh, planted a church in Plantation, so North Broward, uh, Pastor Brandon Sarek, and he is from Kansas City, and when when we were talking this week, he told me, he said, his church, Like, God had called him to come to South Florida because it's so much prettier than uh, Kansas City. What's in Kansas, right? Um, But then also, like, for health reasons, his wife needed to be in a warmer climate because of some challenges that she has. His church sent, and he was able to call and cast the vision. Forty people moved. Forty (laughs) people. Forty people moved, packed their home and their family and... change jobs and move to Plantation Florida to plant Vibrant Church and Plantation. Isn't that amazing? Like that, that was mind-blowing to me. Like that's the commitment of these people. And your commitment isn't far off. I'm saying there's so many, some of you that are so committed. Praise God for you. But I'm just saying like how committed are you to this mission? How committed are you to this cause? Like if God calls us to plant another church in, in North Kendall, Jerry and Mabel y'all are gonna you know praise the Lord for that right you don't have to drive you're (laughs) you'll move uh in East Kendall you know or or wherever that next place is Doral Little Havana I'm gonna have to learn how to speak Spanish a little bit better wherever it is like are you willing are you ready I hope you are because that's what this is we're fulfilling this call, and it's not just this call for Renew Church. I think it is the call, the great commission for Christians, for the church, the Big C Church. The problem is is the Big C Church hasn't all accepted it, but we have. Renew has, and we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Amen? Stand with me. Let's, let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for Pastor Jesse. I thank you for Renew Church. God, I thank you for the Big C Church, the Church of Jesus Christ in our city. And God, we're believing that great days are ahead. God, we know that you have a plan for us. And I ask that you would just help us to be obedient to your leading, to your calling. God, whatever it is that you're saying to us. So that when it's not something that's emotionally manipulated or drummed up. But God, when it's done and your thumb is put in our back like it was put in my back several years ago and said you're going to plant a church in Kindle renew church and you're the planter and all of these things God that these your people would be obedient and they'd say okay I'm on board I'm with the mission I'm willing I'm ready use me oh God here I am send me oh God God make a way open the doors God I pray that you'd raise up leaders in our church I pray that you would uh, raise up committed people in our church that we're, are committed to the mission and to, to, to serving and just even faithful attendance. oh God, just do a work in our church. God, we want you to do a new thing. Even in our ten, 10 months old, God, I'm asking you to, God, revive us again and do something in us so that we'll be prepared, so that we'll be ready for what things are to come. We praise you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God people said... Amen. Let's worship together. stop your song is that your prayer man even when i don't see him he's working hebrews 11 says without faith it's impossible to please god amen without faith it's impossible to please god so in other words you're gonna have to have faith in this we have to have faith in this sometimes we don't see it pastor how in the world is your little struggling church gonna plant another church in the next three years i don't know But we walk by faith, not by sight, amen. We're gonna do this in in everything that you do. Man, may you live that out. May you be that example in your life. Praise be to God. This is a lady in our church, in our fellowship. She made a commitment this week to start giving to Renew Church, start tithing to Renew Church. God put it on her heart and she took a leap of faith to give, to sow that seed. And she's believing. She's like, I don't know where it's gonna come from. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know how I'm gonna make my bills, but God's gonna make a way. Even when I don't see it, he's working, amen? I believe that. I believe that for that person. I believe that for each and every single one of us. Man, we got to take steps of faith. We got to believe God that he is who he says he is, that he is the God that was there with Paul when he was going to get stoned. And yet here we are thousands of years later because of Paul and because of those disciples, those apostles, everybody that led the way to bring us to where we are today. Man, may we continue to carry that. May they be able to step on our shoulders and go forward in amazing ways because of our faithfulness. Believe God, trust God, know that God's going to do something great in and through you. I I feel like I'm supposed to do this with your heads bowed. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes today? If you need that faith today, if you don't have that faith today and you're like, Pastor, I'm, I'm struggling and I need that faith today. Because what I see doesn't make sense. What I see, it's not It's not a, it, It's not not going to work. The math isn't right. It doesn't all add up. If that's you today, and you would say, Pastor, I need that faith. Would you just lift your hand? Would you just say, Pastor, pray for me? Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I see your hand in the back. Praise God for you, man. Anybody else? I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? I see your hand, ma'am. See your hand, ma'am. God is God is faithful. The, the Father that said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's where you might be today. I, I'm struggling, but I believe, and please help my unbelief. God, you see hands, but you know hearts, and I pray that you would touch each and every one of these individuals to know, God, including me, Trevor Pound, that, God, I know that you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. God, work in us. Work through us. Do Great and mighty things, God. May we be able to look back on this day, the day that we talked about planning churches and say, God is up to something, God is making a way, God is rising up leaders, God is growing our renew crew, God is building our ministry in such a way that we can take these steps. If you don't know Jesus, I should give this opportunity as well. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not right with Jesus, Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I want to make it right today. I want to repent of some things. I want to turn my life over to Jesus. I want to declare Him as Lord. If that's you, would you lift your hand today? Heads bowed. Nobody's looking around. If that's you today. Praise God. Praise God. Hearts are clear. My heart's clear. We're going to transition into our time of uh, giving. God I just I say thank you again I say thank you for this church this group of people body of believers God that call Renew Church home uh, what an opportunity that I have to pastor and lead them and God I know that you're up to something I know that there's a new thing coming I know that there's some exciting things on the horizon God and we just ask that you help us to be able to uh, to have the eyes to see it and the faith to believe it and Uh, just to to trust you with every part of our life God I give this ministry to you and I just say God take it take care of it, do a great thing in it God I pray that you would bless the giving of these, your tithes and uh, uh, our offerings to you God, bless them and use them and multiply them for the building of your kingdom here in this city and even around the world, Jerusalem Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth thank you oh God, thank you for Pastor Jesse and the word that he brought today Thank you for each and every person that's here. God, bless us as we go from this place, but not from your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Go in his peace. God bless you. Have an amazing day. You are dismissed. Thanks.